Yeah, Rashida Jackson, um, thank you for uh, hopping on the podcast with me. Uh, I, I like the fact that you're in real estate and you're uh, you're a realtor, correct? Yes, I'm a realtor. I had to, I had to make that distinction because, you know, there are real estate agents and then you have the realtors, yes. which are held to a higher uh, ethical yes. standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. A lot of people don't know that. I, I sworn yeah. into an ethics oath and I pay a membership to have access to certain um, features and opportunities for my clients and just being held to a higher standard than just- Now tell me, who's licensed to did, they, did you have to put your hand on the Bible? I did not, but I would have. I promised to God I would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just the fact that you had that oversight is, is good and it should really- uh, yeah. People should 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 value that. I think so because um, oh, if yeah. if it wasn't a need for it, then they wouldn't have it. Right. Real estate is such a, a thriving industry. There are so many different avenues you can go in, and yeah. it kind of differentiates and and makes it distinctive. Who's actually in it to do this portion of real estate? Who's in it to do this portion of real estate? And it shows care. I mean, if you love what right. you do, invest in yourself. It's definitely not cheap to be a member of the National Association of Realtors. Nah, they charge you guys. They tax, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you talking yeah. about business expenses? <laughs> yeah. you, pay to, you pay to play. <laughs> right. Hey, that's what it is nowadays, you know, but I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of value that you get from it. And, um, just, yeah. just cur out of curiosity, um, have you seen any other agents that have like bad practices that you look at like, okay, that's why they got the Realtors Association? I try to mind my business, but if it gets presented to me or I'm working, right. co-oping with an agent and I see unethical practices, I see, um, I catch lies or yeah. I see that they may not be, you know, looking for the best interest for their client. Those are things that I've, I've noticed and I see when I'm working on real estate deals. And you can definitely tell the difference between somebody who just wants to make some money selling houses and somebody who actually cares and takes the oath just like they really should with their license to yeah. protect and serve their clients. You so know, it seems like see that. <laughs> it, it seems like the more uh, anything where there's a lot of money to be made, there's always going to be some corruption. Exactly. You know, and then you got to look at the legality side of it, because it, what you're doing, this is not like a let's go trade something on Facebook marketplace. Like this is a major life decision. You're talking six figures at times that you are helping facilitate. So you really have to look at how one mistake could really affect not just your client, but you, your business, all parties involved. It's really important to know what you're doing and have that care to want to do the right thing and to do things the right way the first time around so that later on along the line, there aren't um, any errors that have to be fixed because it's worse to have to fix something that could have been done right the, the first time around. Yeah. You know, I'm in insurance and uh, they, they have us, uh, we have to uh, get an errors of uh, omission yeah insurance exactly. we do too as realtors we have errors in our missions insurance Not, <laughs> insurance you know I, I, you are in the right <laughs> industry <laughs> yeah we both are hey but you know what though I, i'm gonna keep it a buck i i feel like i'm like wow since i'm paying for this <laughs> since i got this <laughs> insurance you know i'm a i'm definitely gonna i i'm, I'm ethical myself but i I, I definitely want to challenge some of the conventional uh ideology within within my industry because um, right. Some things are uh, some, you know, obviously we uh, a large group of people have uh, been uh, excluded mm -hmm. uh, access and by by, you know, not, you know, just not making yeah. certain information available, you know, within insurance, but also in real estate. And right. um, 
That's it just kind of go goes along with what we're talking about. But you know, uh, with you with yourself, uh, you have experience with uh, multifamily units, right? Yes. Prior to becoming a full time um, realtor, I was actually a property manager for years for uh, multifamily. So I would manage yeah. um, a class A multifamily properties. Sometimes they were mixed use with retail downstairs and apartments upstairs, or sometimes there was just strictly apartment complexes. I've even worked into the tax credit side of things where there are certain tax benefits for putting a certain percentage of the units aside at an affordable rate for the community. And it's definitely a, a very um, informative and uh, rewarding career. It's very demanding, but I think that yeah. that's what set me up to just be so great at what I'm doing now, honestly, and just from my love for real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's good that you had that experience with that, because that's that's pretty unique. You know, um, I know a lot of agents just they stay on the residential, the, you know, one uh, single family uh, unit residential side. Yeah. So, you know, you you know, that's, that's there's a lot of money in that and there's a lot of value in the multifamily properties. Um, you know, right now you're you're working with a lot of ho first time home buyers, correct? Yes, a lot of my clients are first-time homebuyers, and I try to add value to their experiences, not just in helping them find a home, and that's just a home that they stay in forever, but teaching them about how the how their, their home can work for them as far as equity and how they can pass it on with generational wealth and just even understanding the process. A lot of people buy homes, and I've even worked with people who are buying second homes, and they work with me, and they're like, I did not get this level of information the first time around. Like You, you really are showing <laughs> yeah. this this is what I understand now why I'm doing this or why I'm doing that. So yeah, yeah. all of my clients get a very detailed brochure the same way that we're um, talking on Zoom. I do Zoom conferences because of COVID with them. I go over page by page what the process looks like, um, what terms I need to go about, what deadlines I need to adhere to, just so that, you know, we're learning. It's 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 a experience to be learned from so that you can take it and move forward in different endeavors if you want to explore other options in the future. So yeah. yeah. Now, do you, do you get first time home buyers who are interested in getting like a multiple unit property for their first home? And uh, are there any type of benefits to getting uh, multi property or multi unit properties uh, for your first time uh, as a home buyer uh, rather than a single family property? Oh, most definitely. I always like to talk to my clients about what their goals are long term so we can figure out what may be the best route for them because what they were thinking may have been what they wanted. They may not have had the option presented to them to do something different. So yeah, I've worked with um, clients who instead of just purchasing a single family, they'll purchase a duplex and they'll live on one side and then they'll rent the other side out. But the rent especially here in Atlanta, Georgia, like the, the rents are, they're competitive. So they're able to rent yeah. out the other side of the home and pay their mortgage and then still make a profit. Are there um, a lot of uh, um, duplexes still left in, in the Atlanta area? Oh, no, they come far few in between now. You, A lot of them are being moved off market. I deal with a lot of homes that are being listed because that's my specialty. I list them on the market to be sold. It helps keep the economy going and tracking, you know, yeah. real estate transactions. But from what I've seen, a lot of these deals are happening 
off market where buyers and sellers are connecting directly and just making an agreement and going ahead and selling. So uh, it, it's, it's very rare that you find something quality, at least that's going yeah. to be ready to move in and rent the other side out. If you do find a duplex or a triplex or a quadruplex, um, you're either looking in the outskirts of the city, um, closer to like the suburbs or the country, or you're looking right. at something that's in the city that may be highly priced because of the land and the area that it's in. But it needs yeah. to be completely gutted and fixed. And it sounds to me like, <laughs> yeah, it 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 sounds to me like, uh, you know, maybe having them built <laughs> since since there's not that many of them on the market. Right. Uh, I, and that's right. even if there's still a demand for for multi uh, or for duplexes. Do you get people asking about that at least? I do, but based on what their their interests are, sometimes a duplex may not be what they need. They may want. Um, a quadruplex or like I said, multifamily, what I worked in before, they may want to double right. down into 10, 15 units or more. Um, right. But as a first time home buyer, I guess to answer your question, um, that is just, it's a great opportunity or even having a single family home that may not be zoned as a duplex, but there is a basement that can be completely finished as a secondary residence. And I have uh, clients who have made their basements in Airbnb and have rented that out to pay their mortgage or they might have an outhouse in the back that they can build up tiny houses yeah. that's something that's like becoming really popular in the city um, where these yeah. little small homes are being built they're like 15k to build yeah. and like you rent them yeah. out on Airbnb and make that back after a few bookings so right. there's and a you, lot of different routes <laughs> you, you know you know what it's interesting very interesting you know I look at um you know the ba the the previous generation before uh, before the millennials uh, I believe were the baby boomers, mm -hmm. and they had you know six seven <laughs> eight children right and the housing that you know was available of course you know if you have eight children you're gonna want more rooms, and I look at like our generation, you know it doesn't seem like we're having families that are you know four five six children uh, <laughs> anymore. Right. And so it's like, uh, you know, you establishing your new family, most likely, you know, it's usually one, two children um, that, that I'm seeing personally. And it just seems like, you know, this alternative housing, you know, with like you said, with the, the tiny homes or uh, uh, the container homes. I think that's a dope idea. I, I think that's that. amazing. Like, yeah. honestly, like if you can if you can, uh, uh, you know, reduce the cost of your, you know, if you can get your first home to be like very affordable for you, you know, even if you can afford uh, uh, a, 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 a two-story home um, or a house in an Atlanta market, like if you could just, you know, live into in like a container home or a tiny home because it's just you and your wife and one child or something like that, right. then you, you put yourself in a position to be able to like save a lot of money and then you can, you know, of course, buy more real estate or whatever in the future. So that's, that to me is amazing. Exactly. And I think that it's not something that is um, talked about enough because I think with our generation, we really crave instant gratification and social media is like a poison at this point. It's like everybody wants to look great. So if they're buying their first house, they want it to be the luxurious, yeah. this is look. the best house I'll ever have. But it's not <laughs> about, um, you're not thinking about your future. You're not thinking about your situation, it may be different 10 years from now than what it is when you're buying this house. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I always encourage people to think about that. You may not be oh, working yeah. at this job, you know, right. 
five years from now because you want this location because it's closer to your job or you may be expanding your family but right now it's just you so you don't need this big of a house and you can always real estate is not permanent like you own it but you don't have to stay and live in it if you want to make a different move there are so many different ways to get around that these days that you can make it work for you and that's kind of essentially what i did um as for my first home, I didn't buy a luxurious first home. I bought a, a really good home that had good bones, a four brick, four side brick home in Atlanta in an area that I knew was going to be up and coming. And it was something that was super affordable, super easy, was moving ready. But when I was ready to move on, you know, now I was able to turn that into an Airbnb income property because right. I thought about that in the long term and now I can move on to the next. So I think it's very important. You know, the first home really will set you up for how you kind of, uh, how you how you do real estate in the future how you acquire and and figure out what works for you in the future yeah that's right i think the next house for me is either going to be a container (laughs) or a tree house like (laughs) i mean and you know what they say in real estate is about location 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 yeah right and it makes it you know the location like of course if you got like beachfront property or just somewhere where you're close to where everybody wants to be or, you know, yeah. something unique. Right. And I, I think lo- location is, is, is based off of, you know, having a limited amount of like unique circumstances. And like, to me, what's more unique than a tree house? Like how many tree houses can you go and stay in? You know, exactly. like you can Airbnb that people would love to have a, a, a getaway on, <laughs> in a, in a, a you know, a well-designed, uh, you know, very they do every single day. Like that, uh-huh. that's marketing gold, literally. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I like the fact that you, um, that you have experience with the multifamily properties. Um, I think that's awesome and it, it makes you unique. And I, I don't know, just, just talking to you, uh, last time, I know you had mentioned how you personalize the experience. Um, or you help you you literally help people um, uh, you help them to get the properties that they want by asking them specific questions about uh, you know what they want to do in the future and where they want to be I think that's awesome and it's a it's a good strategy um, that you have with them and you also told told me that uh, you're uh, (laughs) you're pro legacy and uh, and you don't you're not a big fan of like shortcuts can you uh, elaborate a little bit on that Oh, most definitely. That's something I'm very passionate about. When we even go back to talking about being a realtor versus a real estate agent and just thinking about long term, I'm very solutions oriented. So all of my clients, when I work with them, I ask them the questions that they should be thinking about for long term, because it's not just it's not just you. It's not always just about you. If you plan to have a family in the future, you want to be able to pass something down. And that's kind of what birthed even my own business becoming a realtor. Um, You know, I'm I'm the owner of Jackson Hill Realty and it's a legacy of uh, my late grandfather and uh, my partner. Um, Their parents left a legacy as well, as far as just uh, nonprofit and building and really just, um, leaving and leaving a mark and making a difference in the communities in which they live in that are underserved and that get no attention. And I think it's so important that we, we have something that we can carry on. So it's, it's, it's something that I always talk to my clients about, like, what do you want to do in the future? Or what is your goal with this house in the future type of thing? Because generational wealth is important and it's not just leaving a house because there's so many 
you know, things that could go wrong leaving a house. You could leave a mortgage that they can't afford, or you could leave a house in terrible condition that has to be uh, condemned or completely renovated. But what are you doing to leverage that home or that property to make money for you to be able to pass down type of thing? You know, that's what those are. Those are the type of things that I think about. And um, I'm all for creating new avenues, which is why I think it's so important with insurance and just it's all it's all connected. Um, yeah, with learning yeah, yeah. and being strategic and how you're doing things, it's all nice and, and dandy. And it's completely amazing to want to have a home that's perfect for you, you know, that has that checks off all your boxes on your list. But you also want to think about how that's going to affect the future because you can sell it, but why sell it for what you bought it for when you can sell it for double or triple that amount because you were strategic in how you purchased it, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. That does make sense, you know. Um... I, that's one of my pet peeves when I when I think about uh, you know leaving a legacy and um, you know you know for your family and I think that a lot of people use their houses as piggy banks um, and but what we have to understand as a people is that we got to position ourselves better because it's kind of like I look at it like we robbing our our uh, our um, progeny our our descendants our children. You know, right. because other groups of people they leave assets behind you know and, and it's and when i say assets you know for those that are listening I, i'm not talking about necessarily a a a, a, a card note or a mortgage you know because it's one of the one of the things that i i i realize is the the words that we use you know when we say own you know mm-hmm. what does that mean because like if you have a house and you have a mortgage on there and, you know, you just got the house. That's the equity is different than, you know, than ownership. I mean, uh, equity is different than the mortgage. You know, like if you have a two hundred thousand dollar house and you and you just got it and you owe, let's say you owe uh, uh, one hundred and ninety nine thousand on it. Right. You don't own the house. You don't necessarily own it. Every penny off. And I, it may sound petty to some people, but it, it, it's just like being having a, a better understanding of what we mean by own, because if you were to drop dead at that very moment, you know, what you're passing on and yeah, you have control over this asset. Um, you have rights to this asset, uh, but you don't own the entirety of that, of that asset. And, um, you know, thinking about, okay, this house is going to be for the next generation. Um, how much equity is going to be in that property? Are they going to have to refinance it? And, you know, it, you know, if I keep it for 30 years and then pass away, you know, in my in my 80s, you know, uh, what work is going to have to be done to this property is obviously in order to, to sustain it, there's going to have to be some type of money being put back into it. So is there enough equity to even fix the house up or am I just leaving my children with just a, a mortgage because <laughs> I refinanced it before I passed away? Right. And they, you know, so um, that's, that's really that, important. That ownership aspect like you said that's where that comes in and looking at the long term don't just buy a house because it checks off all your boxes but think about how that value is going to fluctuate or change over time because what you buy a house for at one point it's going to be worth more or worth less in the future based on what's happening around that house and you hit it on the on the head with the nail literally like 
ownership is not just buying a home and saying, yes, I got a home, but you, as long as you have a mortgage, you don't have that ownership and you want to set yourself up for success and set your future generations up for success so that they're not being burdened with something that you invested in because you didn't take the time to do the due diligence. One, yeah. two, keeping it long-term and like we talked about shortcuts earlier, keeping it long-term yeah. and really just wanting to make a quick buck because later on in the future, you don't have the money that you had when you bought the house and you sell it for way less than what it's worth just trying to move on with life. But some now somebody else is benefiting off of that and selling it for triple the All amount. Right. Like right. it's so important to, to be educated on what all is going on and what's happening when you do invest in real estate because yeah. there's so much opportunity that you may be just be handing literally gift wrap to the, to the next person because you just didn't know. So it's really important <laughs> to like, really just know what you're talking about and ask the right questions. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't know what questions to ask, but that's the benefit of finding a realtor or an associate who can, who can guide you and walk you through the process and ask and answer the right questions for you. Yeah. You know, and uh, it kind of makes me upset because I feel like real estate should be in school and you know k through 12 i think that when the person graduates from high school they should be sufficient in understanding real estate yeah i completely agree i, you know I, I, mean? I put that with taxes insurance everything yeah. else there's some basic necessities that we should know about that we don't know about credit um that would help us we would be in such a better position if we knew but now learning it later on Cause now it's right. like trial and error. We have to figure it out for ourselves. And then we look back in hindsight, like, oh, we could have probably done this this way and it would have been better. But this right. is what we did. So now we got to live with it and, you know, re reposition and readjust. Yeah. You know, I, I look at, I look at uh, other people, other groups of people and they have um, other, other groups of people um, like, you know, white folks, they have like hundreds of years of building wealth in terms of a head start. They have the, a huge head start you know, uh, advantage yeah. over, over, uh, black people. Um, yeah. and you know, they, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to talking about these things, I know it's more common. And because when I was growing up, I had, I lived in a very diverse neighborhood. Um, and you know, there, I had some white friends and, you know, I used to go over, I used to go over, I had a friend, I used to go over his house all the time and his parents would be talking about real estate and, you know, yeah, just the importance of owning and stuff like that. And of course I have my, my other friends and stuff, other black friends and these conversations I never heard. I never heard right. their parents talking to their children. It was always the attitude, like you just a child, like be quiet. You don't need, you don't need to know us. This grown folk, this grown folk talk. Right, grown folk business, you know what I'm saying? Grown folk <laughs> but no, it's not grown folk talk. Nah, it's it's about it's about it's about bringing that next generation in a better position than your 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 generation. And so it's like when it comes to real estate, I'm like, damn, like when are we? You know, we send our children to these schools. They 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 learn all of these different things that honestly in my opinion i feel like it's it's most of it is a waste um you don't use um, it <laughs> we don't you we just and that's straight up this coming from somebody that got that then went all the way through college so i can i can talk that talk because right. I, I i went there you know <laughs> so yeah it's a lot of it's garbage and it's just it's just the truth and i i wonder i'm like you know when it comes to real estate like you said taxes insurance how are we going to 
make it so that way the children understand about real estate? Is this something that just, you know, we have to, of course, you know, every family should take it upon themselves and they should be obligated to teach their children. But I just don't feel like that's going to be adequate. Like there needs to be, if we're all sending our, we're rounding our children up and we're sending them to these schools where now everything's, a lot of stuff is like virtual. I don't know if we're going to go back after this pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, we need to have some type of program or force some type of educational program for real estate in K through 12. Because I feel like at this point, like it's it's almost better to take your children out these schools, take the children out the schools if they're not going to teach them to make them success successful in 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 these areas of life that you have to understand you know it's it's a it's a fact that the majority of the people that are wealthy uh, they have a large part of real estate in their portfolio you know and the people who are in poverty they don't own any assets particularly real estate so we know as a people that owning real real estate having property having access to to good homes is is a part of being successful in life then we have to make it our business to get this in these programs or say, look, you know, I, I kind of like how Trump did the other, the other day with the stimulus package when he was like, you know, they were saying, oh, $600. He said, nope, not going to do it unless it's 2000 And he literally walked away and they thought about it. They said, you know what? Okay, we're just going to go sense. ahead and go with the 2000 So we have to kind of take that, right. that stance. If we don't stand for nothing, they'll just do what the hell they want to do. Exactly. And that's what's been happening for so many years to a point where who's left to actually advocate and, and really forge those changes. I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's essential. It's something that should be hand in hand with math and science because yeah, math and right. science is teaching you fundamentals, but what happens when you hit the real world and have to live, especially yeah, yeah. if you don't uh-huh. go to college, you can't afford to go to college. How do you learn the tools that you need to survive as an American here in US or abroad, anywhere else, Canada? How do you know? Like. You don't know because you're not getting that value. And it's one thing to hear your parents talk about it, but I'll be completely honest. When I was younger, I didn't listen to half the stuff my parents were telling me because I didn't find value in it, but I had to listen in school. So I had no choice, you know? So it's like perspective and really instilling that at an early age and understanding the importance of doing that so that we can change the trajectory so that in the future, it's more so we don't just say, only white people have a legacy and are able to pass things down. It's just hand in hand. It's a household thing. Like everybody has yeah. that same right and opportunity because we had that same education. And there it, it's two sides to it. It's like that one side of learning early on, but the ones that do actually have it, understanding the value that, that they have when they have a home. It may not be the most beautiful home on HGTV standard, but it's still <laughs> property. It's still yeah. real estate. They're not making no right. more land. When you have land... Oh, come on. Talk that <laughs> talk. <laughs> no more land. No more That's land. all we got. Keep it. Don't <laughs> give it up because somebody walks up and knocks on your door and offers you four or five figures. Like, that, it's nah. not worth it. It's not worth they it. Doing, it's all kind of tricks out there. I, I've even heard like the people coming up to people's houses and, and offering to pay their taxes. You yeah. Know, um, and I, I know you know about that. <laughs> that really grinds my gears. Um, here in Atlanta, like you can go up to the Fulton County Courthouse. I've been there several times because I have property. So I, I have to go up there to switch something out or uh, look at deeds and stuff like that. And you will see people, well, opportunists, I'll say. 
um, in those in those rooms, on those computers, looking up these deeds in these pages in the courthouse just to see who's delinquent or behind on taxes. And they go ahead and pay it, making the person think that it's a blessing, but really, after a certain time, you pay it so many times, you have claim to that property. And now you bring up a whole new thing where now it's easier to kind of basically take the property from you. And that's wow. what I talk about when I say shortcuts. I understand there's mm-hmm. ways to make money in real estate and I'm all for everybody finding what works for them. But I can respect somebody who's going to be 100 about it and say, this is what I'm doing or this is my long game versus somebody who's going to, you know, wave a shiny golden ticket in your face and make it seem like you won, but really they're scheming and plotting and you're just going to end up. Yeah. You see, you see, and this is what I'm talking about. This is exactly what I was talking about, how, we when we don't have that education early on, we could be taken advantage of. And I feel like a lot of like coming up out of like, you know, our condition as a as a people and not having this information, you know, a lot of white folks was was I'm sure was was like, oh, they don't know about this and you know, they're not learning it in school. Um, right. you know what? And we're just gonna go out and we're gonna target this entire community because it's just a come up because they are ignorant of this of this law exactly. so we just gonna just take advantage of it because we just want to have more and more wealth you know and it's just it's it's really sad but you know i'm glad that it's sisters like yourself that's that's uh you know that's advocates for generational wealth and um and you i know i know you damn sure not gonna let it slide under your finger you know oh, if you hear oh. about it i know you'll you'll you know educate people on that so not at all. It's, it's, yeah, that's my goal. But that's that's why I say it's so important to have that knowledge early on because now you find value in it. You can't force somebody to see value in something that they feel doesn't apply to them, even though it's so relevant. Like it's so relevant. But people yeah. will think like that doesn't apply to me because I don't have this, so they're they're not listening. So that's why I say, you know, it's still my duty as a realtor to to have my client's best interests at hand. So if they want to go a certain route and that's the route they want to go, I'm not in the business of persuading or I mean, ethically, you can't do that anyway. But I feel like presenting all of the options is what makes that difference, even if it's not during the first initial, because, you know, it doesn't stop when I help my clients find a home. I don't just say, you know, sayonara, good luck. No, we keep in contact. And how is your home doing? This is the value this year. Oh, do you need anything? Or look, look at this article I saw about this. Or even when it's time for refinancing, if they finance the home, get a better rate type of thing. But like, know why you're doing it. Know why you're doing it and understand how that's going to benefit you in the future, whether you decide to sell the home or whether you decide to keep the home, because the goal is to keep building, 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 and being able to pass what you build along to the next when it's over with. Even if that's not an offspring, some people can't or don't want to have kids, maybe it's a foundation that leaves a legacy. And that's just as important because it's something that's affecting and contributing to our communities. And that's what I it's just it's phenomenal to me and it's something that i will continue to work towards the more that i gain knowledge the more that i learn new things the more people that i help the more capital that i'm able to build from from my profession and doing what i do to be able to give back that's that's what i when i say like my business jackson hill like that's the legacy of that and i really encourage other people to do so brand your name like put put your name (laughs) your your name business because it's going to benefit you in the long run whether it's your name or something you believe in just do it you don't have to be running a a a a walmart type of business where you just are big company big bank tech little bank no start off small build it's important yeah a lot of uh, most of the uh well i should say 
damn near all of the successful businesses that you hear of today were family businesses that have been around for a long, 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 long time. Yep. That's why <laughs> so, Walmart. That's a perfect example. They're they're yep. operating under an LLC. They're not just right. Walmart. It was a family owned business that grew, but right. they're consistent with it. And I would love right. to learn more about how we can consistently do that to build for generations to come. You know, what you got going is is awesome. And you know, God bless your grandfather. Very smart man. And you know how he set you up. That's awesome. And we need more, we need more uh we need we need more black men um thinking like that. You know, it's so easy for us to get caught up in um the materialism and 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 just trying to have because when I look at black people, I always as a people, as a culture, I, I see a lot of, you know, overspending and 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 trying to have the the flyest car and on all this stuff. And I always think like, damn, like okay, you, that's 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 not that's nice, that's dope. You got that that Bugatti, that's dope. Like, but I'd be right. thinking like, I'd be like, I wonder if you like are planning for your future. I wonder if you have, you know, what your savings look like. Not even just for the next generation, but even for you know, you know, when yeah. you get older. Some people call yeah. it retirement. I don't believe in retirement. I feel like once you know your purpose, you can always add value right. until the day you die. But you know what I'm saying? But even for, for that, when we slow down and we're not able to go as hard, we're not going to be had the energy to, to get up and earn like we were when we were younger. So just being smart and putting aside money for when you get older and for the next generation. You know, your, your grandfather was a smart man. And yep. um, and I see that's set why that you, you're going to continue that. set that up. Exactly you know. to what you're saying. Like, he yeah. saw the value in looking at things long term. Like I think I mentioned to you in our previous conversation, like I didn't get luxurious gifts um, every every birthday or for Christmas. He didn't give me all these nice things. And I never questioned it because I knew I trusted him. But what he would give me is bonds. He would give me bank bonds that, that were like $100. But 10 years, 15 years later, they were so much more and they paid my college tuition type of thing. Um, he was a big believer in looking at long-term and making investments that, that would help him out in the long run, but also leave a legacy for, you know, his offspring and his grandchildren. And that's what really even motivated me to, to, to take the routes that I've taken and just to look into more because there's always more. And I don't see anything wrong with, you know, splurging on yourself and treating yourself when you do something good or you really just want something nice because there's definitely a difference between luxury and something that's mediocre, but don't do it if you can't afford it. If you can't keep up with the payment. Yeah and the long-term maintenance if you can't um if you can't pay your your other bills because you're sitting here putting all your money into this luxury item it's not for you not not at this time at least it may be in the future right. but balance it out build that well first and then do it it's going to mean yeah. so much more because you're able yeah. to maintain it and i think yeah. that's what was important but you don't always have to live above your means and um i think the sooner we learn that that temporary, you know, that temporary stay down till you come up is what's really going to help us in the long term. I, I totally mm -hmm. believe in that. <laughs> Humble beginning. Yeah. Man. It's so crazy. Like, and, and another thing I have to add to this, to what you're saying is, is when I look at real estate, I look at, we are real estate. You're your first, you, as you know, it, <laughs> I know, I know you're a believer. You believe in God and, yeah. um, and that's that's your foundation. Um, and, you know, in the scripture, God says how the how we are, we are uh, the body is a temple mm -hmm. that the, that that the that that the spirit dwells in. So, like, I look at the house, I look at the exterior uh, uh, 
fixtures, houses that 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 we see, you know, that's outside of us. But the first house is is us. So when we invest in self-esteem, when we have a higher self-esteem, then we don't feel that need to splurge. And, and when we when we can't afford to, you know, right. I think it comes from uh, it comes from uh, in being insecure about yourself to where you feel like, oh, you know, if I don't have this shiny, you know, shiny this or shiny that, then I don't feel good about myself knowing that you can't afford it. But you're going right. to do it anyways because you feel so low self-esteem, so low that you got to just you got to shine so people can see, look, I, I, I'm there, too. I'm there, too. So I, it's like we you start with self, you build on yourself that way. You can really position yourself and set yourself up right. to be successful. It's not temporary. You <laughs> that you get something nice and it's luxury and now you're popping and you yeah. got the best and the nicest anybody's ever seen, but it's all temporary. You're gonna get a temporary yeah. high off of that. Then when you come down, you're gonna realize you can't afford it and gotta keep it moving. But you are mm-hmm. so right with that, having that self-validation and knowing our worth, knowing our worth, right. knowing who God created us to be and finding solace in that and understanding that is way bigger than just us is what's going to set us up for the long term. Ownership is our is our right. Like That's our right. God told us himself. That's our right for ownership. But we have to be willing to accept it. We have to be yes. willing to put the work in to do so. And that's not just being a good servant of God and just doing the right things, but actually, you know, and contributing and investing in yourself and and really striving for more knowledge and more wisdom to understand how you can make that work for you, not just for you, but for generations to come. And it's the best feeling yeah. ever. I promise you, that's better than buying any luxury car or designer bag or... Yeah. Um, million dollar house like having that knowledge and being able to to use it to work towards a bigger purpose is so fulfilling I agree with you about retirement you're never going to actually retire um, if you're wa- walking and operating a purpose because you're always going to be adding value to everybody you encounter and that's that's just phenomenal within itself but you have to start somewhere it doesn't just pop out of thin air because you believe and want to we all have faith and we're supposed to have faith but we need to put in the work to do so too we need to make the right connections we need to be disciplined you know it's so important that's right that's right yeah so um i know this year is coming to an end um and it's been a lot we've been through a lot you know pandemic (laughs) 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 a lot of people are looking at it like uh you know, th- that next year will be better. I- I'm more optimistic. I kind of look at it like, you know, we in the last days and uh, it could get worse for some and it, maybe it can get better for, for others. But I know it's definitely going to be some trials coming up. Um, but, in, you know, uh, in general, but also in, in, in your uh, in your industry, uh, do you foresee um, any changes, big changes next year um, in, in real estate? Well, I'm actually curious to see how the market shifts, if it even will, closer to like March or April of next year. Because as you know, um, due to COVID, a lot of um, mortgage forbearance has been put in place. A lot of um, cancellations on evictions. You can't be evicted from your rental. So people are racking up all of this debt with no long-term solution, unless they did it the right way on how to pay it off. So when that ends, I'm very curious to see how that's going to work. Are we going to have an influx of, of foreclosures that's going to stimulate the market? Are we going to have um, new rules, regulations, or bills put in place that cover the people who weren't able to pay their mortgage 
for the last year because of job loss? Like, what are we going to anticipate? Um, that's something I'm really curious to see about. And then even just as far as just the market in general, I can only speak for Georgia because of where I cur currently reside. Um, but I mean, all around. Uh, the market is just, it's very strong right now. People are still buying. Historically, this time of year is slow season. However, it hasn't been that slow. <laughs> it's still going like as if it was July, August, summer months, you know? So there's still, there's still people buying, there's still people selling. So I'm really curious to see how long that goes, um, what that's going to look like. Um, I do predict that home values are going to shoot up more than they already have in price. Like it's only increasing, so it's only going to increase more. So I would yeah. definitely recommend somebody who's ready to buy the house to just figure out how to do that now mm -hmm. and, um, and work with it later. But I definitely think 2021 is going to be an interesting year. And I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. how all of that plays out because we are definitely going to be in for some surprises. <laughs> yeah. And with that forbearance, um, that, is that where uh, you don't have to pay your mortgage? Yes, your parents okay. is where you're where you put in a request for hardship, basically, and COVID is a hardship within itself. And most right. companies are offering a program where they're just they're forbearing the loans, where you don't have to make any payments until your forbearance period is up. Usually during that time, they're not charging interest. Um, however, that balance is still going to be owed once that forbearance is up. So some mortgage yeah. companies are allowing you to add it to the back of your mortgage loan, but others are saying, no, you got to pay up. What's that's due is due. So now you're owing five, six figures. <laughs> oh, that's not a good thing. Uh -uh. Right. That's, what I that's not a good position right. to be in. <laughs> right. Talking oh. about being uh, uh, on point and being a... Uh, proactive instead of reactive understand what you're right. doing before you do that but my fear is a lot of people walked into something like that and now they're going to be stuck in a situation where they can't pay it and they may lose their home so now, I, I really hate to hear that but I, I really want to see how that turns out and if there is going to be any type of government assistance to get people back on track yeah i was just thinking to follow up with that you know some people may say you know what well i don't care I want to just ride this thing out and, and not pay anything for, I don't know how long the forbearance is going to be in place for. Um, but if someone's living basically free and uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe it'll be for a, a year or something. Um, yeah, it's typically a year. I think they'll do it for up to a year before you have yeah. to get back. So March, no. March, mm -hmm. that's why I said March and April of next year, because that's when the pandemic hit. Do you, do you see people, do you think some people may uh, want to like not pay for a whole year? And just save that money, and then I think basically I don't know why. how to do it. It could be smart when, we, when you just talked about like insurance, and um, of yeah. course being ethical, but still figuring out what works for you that kind of defies the disadvantage that we have. Based on how that forbearance works, if you're able to put off payments for a year and pocket that money to invest in something else, but still keep your house, I say go for it, honestly, because you're able to now leverage something that you wouldn't have had present itself maybe a year or two years ago. And now you're able to do something that you weren't able to do um, a couple years ago because now you have that extra income. But I would say just be smart about it. If, if it's going to be a case where you could lose your house after this and you're just rushing roulette and taking a chance, don't do it. But if there's a way you could do it where you did, you did have that loss of income and you're not able to make those payments, but the money you would save from paying that mortgage every month, you can use to invest towards something else to make you more money in the future. You're positioning yourself. You're thinking long-term. 
So I do think that there's people out there who are probably taking advantage of it in the right way. And there may be some who aren't, you know, who are just milking it for what it is and they may lose a home or whatever the case may be. But that's why that's why I say we're going to see. We're going to see. As Drake said, we're going to see. <laughs> we're going to see. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rashida, well, it was good talking to you. Um, you know, you dropped a lot of gems and uh, I know people are going to be uh, well fed after listening to this. Um, but for those that don't know, uh, that, that don't know you, um, where can they find you or hear more uh, about what you what you have going on to offer? Oh, yes, most definitely. Thank you so much again for having me. It was my pleasure. I literally could talk about real estate for hours. We barely scratched the surface. We can have like a, a version two or a part two later on. But um, if you'd like to connect yeah. with me, um, I am licensed both in Georgia and Massachusetts, but I have um, affiliates and team members all around the states. So anybody who's listening from any state who wants to learn more about purchasing a home, investing in a home, um, who wants to sell their home or have an investment property, um, definitely hit me up. You can find me on Instagram at Rashida Realtor, and that's R-A-S-H-I-D-A Realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R. Um, you can find my, my business at www.jacksonhillrealty.com. That's J-A-C-K-S-O-N, Realty, R-E-A-L-T-Y.com. Um, and even same thing on Facebook, at, at Jackson Hill Realty, at Rashida Realty. You can pretty much find me. So connect with me, DM me, um, hit me up. Give, you can give me a call. I'm always available for consultation, 617-652-0122. We can chat. Um, and I look forward to hearing from anybody, even if this just blessed you and you want to just, you know, just let me know that. Let's talk real estate. Let's figure out how we can build generational wealth and leave legacies together because that's always the goal. Hey, hey, well, there you have it, people. You know where to find her. You know where to get at her. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Thank you all for listening. This is Financial Frenemies with your brother Bashir. Peace.